Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't you join us in prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, thank you so much for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be also glad in it, O oh Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O oh Lord God. Open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, and open their hearts that they may understand. Lord God, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. Pastor Mike here. Uh, Why don't you go and get your Bible, a pencil, pen, piece of paper, highlighter, whatever, so you can take some notes and mark things down and highlight your Bible as we go through the Word today. You'd be surprised how... Your marking your Bible can come back to help you later on when issues of life rise against you and Holy Spirit brings back to remembrance the things that we've talked about in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so so welcome again, Genesis 1, I say, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Holy Spirit uh, today. Um, we talked about the new season of 2024 and how important for us to be able to avail ourselves of the Holy Spirit that uh, God has given us um, as our comforter and as our counselor and guidance and everything. And I want to even go a little bit further today and talk about how Holy Spirit interacts with our day-to-day lives and how we should be looking forward to having him involved in our lives. But before I get into that, um, I want to to ask you uh, about your belief in God's word, because some of the things we're going to cover today, okay, you really, 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 really have to believe in and through faith and believe that what God is saying is true. In understanding Holy Spirit, it takes us to a place that is much further than just simply having intellectual knowledge and understanding of Holy Spirit. We're talking about deep, deep, deep spiritual matters here, and it is something that cannot be understood by intellect. So I want to just start by saying, you know, how much do you really believe that God's word is true? It's so easy to forget God's presence and power when we face uncertain and difficult times. Our faith sometimes falters and we doubt that God is with us, sometimes even doubting that he is real and that God is indeed who he says he is. God knew that we would struggle with unbelief and has spoken reassuring words to us throughout the Bible. It is according to our faith that we experience the power of his saving grace in our lives. It is according to our faith and belief that we come to know and experience the deeper things of God and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is able to do awesome things for us. We have to to really understand that. Holy Spirit is able to do awesome things for us, but we must believe in him to do them. We must believe in Holy Spirit to do them. And the measure of our belief will determine the measure of our walk with Holy Spirit. We have to really understand and believe that with all of our hearts. It, it, you know, we uh, <clears throat> many times we wind up saying to ourselves, you know, Lord, what is it that I need to do? You know, and sometimes God will will, will, will say to you, well, how, how much are you limiting your, your uh, belief? We can limit the belief that we have in God. We can limit our faith. It's all up to us how much we really whole hog, full bore, believe in God, believe the word of God. How often we limit God by our unbelief. The Lord says to you, do you believe my words? Do you reply? Yes, Lord. He then says to you, according to your faith, will it be done to you? Okay. God may say to you, do you believe my words? And you say, yes, I do. And then God says back to you, well, according to your faith, so be it unto you. Jesus had said that before when he was doing a healing. 
All right. So we have to really look at our faith. And that's what I just want to briefly talk about before we actually get into the Holy Spirit. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Truth indeed does mean factual. Something that is right and good. However, we need to understand it in a slightly different way, a little bit different. We have to look at it. The Greek word that is translated as truth is also equally well translated into real or reality. God's word is reality. Let me say that again. God's word is indeed reality. His word is reality. Another English equivalent is the word genuine. God's word is genuine. So God's word is reality and it's also it's genuine. Therefore, it is really critical that you understand this and believe God's word is reality before you can follow and benefit from this message on walking in the spirit. That's what I want to get at today. Walking in the spirit. Okay. We read about how God, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. He said he had to return to the father before he could. He couldn't return. He couldn't give the Holy Spirit until he was glorified. He gave us Holy Spirit. We're born again believers. So we have Holy Spirit. We talked about about being able to determine and tell and tell when Holy Spirit is guiding us and to know no Holy Spirit is guiding us. All right. And now we're going to talk about how do we live our lives on a daily basis, which is commonly referred to as walking in the spirit. Amen. So first, let me start with let me just start with something very, very simple. Does the shine, does the sun shine even when it's cloudy? All right. Does the sun shine even when it's cloudy? Well, the truth is, yes, it does. The sun doesn't disappear just because it's cloudy. The sun is still very much there. We just can't see it because the, the light of the sun is being obscured by the clouds. But if it, to call it the sun shining, does the sun shine when it's cloudy? And the answer is, yes, it does. Is the earth round and not flat? Well, the truth is, the earth is indeed round. Many, many, what, hundreds, hundreds of years ago, of course, they thought the earth was, 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 uh, um, uh, was flat. And that if you sailed out into the, onto the horizon, the other sailors thought you'd drop off. So we know that the earth is round and it is not flat. That is a truth. It's a fundamental, it's a basic truth. Then I say to you, is God real? Is God who he says he is? And of course, the answer there is yes. Another basic fundamental truth. Right? He is indeed, he does exist and he is indeed real. But the question is, now I say to you, do you believe the truth? You believe that the sun shines when, the, when it's cloudy. You believe that the earth is round and not flat. You believe that God is God and he, he is indeed who he says he is. All right. So you, do you believe truth? You believe truth when you hear it and when you know that God has given you the truth. Then what is truth again? A very, very simple question. To the unbeliever, answering that question is not so simple. When you ask an unbeliever, is truth truth? The unbeliever can offer definitions like truth is what? Is that which confirms to reality, conforms to reality, fact or factuality or actuality. And we know from today's current events, reality, fact, actuality, fact actually can mean different things to different people. Now, they will tell you, and I'm sure you know, without getting too bogged down in what's going on with current events, but you've asked certain people how many sexes are there only two sexes. They'll say, no, that's not that's not that's not true. There are more than two sexes. That's their truth. Okay, and they'll go on and they'll say something else. Oh, no, 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 no. And they'll give you some other some other deviant answer, you know, for the number of sexes and all like that. And I heard someone that was having a debate uh, on television there. And uh, um, the person said, oh, Jesus, well, 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 that's your truth. Tell me, let me hear your truth. Let me hear your truth. And the person went on to say something that was totally factually wrong. 
especially in the eyes of God. All right. So so today you'll hear people say that's my truth. The only truth that matters to us as believers, the only truth that matters to us as Christians, the only truth that matters to us as followers of Jesus is God's truth with a capital T. You can have all sorts of other opinions out there. And God knows there are plenty of them out there today. We have to make sure we're not being being uh, 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 we're not following all of these, these false truths. OK, and following God's truth. OK, because God's truth is reality. God's reality is indeed real. So we have to understand that before we can even to get into understanding walking in the, in the spirit. The only reality for believers is God's reality. And how do we know what this reality is? The same way that you believe that God is God and the sun shines, you must recognize the truth. One truth deals with God's Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today. One truth deals with God's Holy Spirit. One truth in reality is that God wants us to walk in the spirit. This always sounds so out there, you know, and, and strange when we start talking about walking in the spirit. You start talking about walking in the spirit, especially to a non-believer, an unbeliever. And right away, he thinks you're talking about some episode of Twilight Zone, and that you're one of those, uh-oh, boy, he's one of those cuckoo, cuckoo uh, Christians again, boy. He's one of those, those nutties, those nutties, okay? Because they, they, they do not understand Holy Spirit, first of all. They do not understand God's word. But God wants us to walk in his spirit without a shadow of a doubt, okay? It doesn't mean that we are walking around in a fog or unaware of our surroundings, like in a Twilight Zone episode, like I said before. So what does it actually mean? Is it something I can do as a Christian, you may ask yourself? Well, the answer is yes. As a matter of fact, God wants you to. God wants you to walk in the Spirit. So I'm going to give you roughly seven steps today about walking the spiritual walk. Life in the Spirit is a journey. Let me start by saying that. Life in the Spirit is a journey. And while there are many great scriptures that discuss the role and the person of Holy Spirit, Romans 8 is perhaps one of the most insightful. Good old Romans 8, and we're going to get into Romans 8, all right? So we have to understand here that, that life in the Spirit is a journey. Now, we as Christians, just because we become born again and we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you can't sit back and rest on your laws and say, okay, boom, I did it. I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'm good. I'm good. And just sit back and just live life however you feel like living. That is, is just the beginning. We spend a lifelong time, you know, learning about the Lord and being in the Spirit and understanding Holy Spirit and having him guide us. Life is indeed a journey with God, okay? And it's a long race, okay? It isn't a sprint thing. This is a, this is a marathon, if you will. It's a long race. And as we grow in this race and as we gain strength to continue in this race, race God carries us from season to season, from season to season, and he gives us Holy Spirit to be there with us, all right? So we have to understand that, that life and walking in the Spirit is a lifelong journey. <clears throat> it's a journey. And so what I'm going to talk about today are, are seven, uh, uh, seven steps here, seven things that we can do to help us to understand what walking in the Spirit is. And we're going to look at Romans number eight. These suggestions will, will fuel a passion for the things of the Spirit and further educate you on how to live a life dedicated by him. So let's start off by going to Romans 8, verse 1. Romans 8, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. And it starts off by saying, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, 
but after the Spirit. You see, there it is now. Please underline those words there, but after the Spirit. Because now we see from the onset there, it says, uh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. After the flesh means that we don't live carnal lives, okay? Walking walking here is referring to um, um, your day-to-day life, how you're carrying yourself, how you go about conducting business, how you think, how you treat your children, how you treat your family, your wife, your husband, you, you know, those on your job, those in the neighborhood. It's how, while you're shopping in the store, when you're in Walmart or whatever, it, how, how those who walk in the flesh. In other words, we don't walk with a carnal a worldly nature, a worldly mindset, but we walk after the spirit, okay? Again, uh, who walk not after the flesh, not after carnally things, not after worldly things, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Please underline that. For the law of the spirit in light of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There it is. Underline that again. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Here we see now in the first four verses of the scripture, we see right here where God is making a comparison here about walking in the flesh as compared to walking in the spirit. Okay, and it obviously is more desirable by God that we walk in the spirit. Okay, so so uh, it says there that <clears throat> there's no shortcut to learning how to walk after the spirit. Let me, let me continue saying here. All right, there's no shortcut to learning how to walk after the spirit. It's not just for ultra spiritual people, nor is it reserved for charismatic Christians. Okay. This is something that is just for people that say, oh, gee, I'm such a strong person. I've been in the Lord for 50 years, you know, and all of that. It is not just it is not just for them. Walking in the spirit is for is for describing what it means to live life as a Christian. The person who walks according to the spirit will, in fact, have the essence of God fulfilled in their life. All right. You say that again, according to the if you though the person who walks according to the spirit will, in fact, have the essence of God fulfilled in their life. You see, it's not just for super spiritual people. We're talking about if you're a born again believer, no matter where you are, you're a babe in Christ. God wants you to walk in the spirit. We continue here in Romans eight, number five, and it says, set your minds on the things of the spirit. Eight, number five says, for they, uh, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay. Reading that again, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So where it says, for they that are after the, do mind, that means that's what you dwell on. That's what you think of, okay? All the time. Every decision that you make, how you relate to people, how you, you know, relate to people on your job again, your family or whatever, after the flesh, that means in a worldly manner. Those that, that are after the flesh, you're living your life according to the world, and that's what's important to you. The ways of the world is what is important to you. Okay. If you got to make sure, you know, a, you know, if you're leaning towards being a woke person, where you believe all of the stuff that the woke generation today is telling us or whatnot, then that's what you're minding. That's what you're thinking about. Therefore, you're, you're walking after the flesh. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Okay. So what we dwell on, okay, if we're walking in the spirit and we, we, we want to, to, to know more about the spirit and conduct our lives accordingly, you know, as the Holy Spirit would guide us, then we are minding the things of the, of the, of the, uh, of the spirit. 
That's what we think on. That's what, that's what we consider to be important. Okay. If your mind is on fleshly or worldly things, then that is what is important to you. Basically here, God is saying that if, 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 if the things of the world are important to you, then that's how you're going to conduct your life. Okay. If the things of the world, being worldly, doing as the world does, that's how you're going to conduct your life. If you're, if the things that are important to you are the things of the spirit, then that's how you're going to conduct your life. And therefore, you're going to be striving to be walking in the spirit. The question is, how does one overcome the pull of the flesh? How does one overcome the things of the world? We hear so many things going on around us, so, so many opinions and what people think and are telling us what we should be doing. So how do we, how do we, we, we focus on, on, on the spirit and overcome the pull of the flesh or the worldly, you know, the worldly condition, if you will? All right. So let me ask you a question. I give you a, a challenge and just think about this. How can someone extract all of the air out of a drinking glass? You have a drinking glass there. How can you get all of the air out of it? Okay. Now just picture that for a moment. Or if you're at home, grab a glass and just put it on your table in front of you there. How can you get all of the air out of a drinking glass? The most direct way to get all of the air out of a glass is by filling it with something else. You want to get all the air out of a glass, then you have to fill it with something else. Okay. You, 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 just, you just can't pull it out. But you take that drinking glass and you pour some water in it, and then all of a sudden, boom, the air is gone. All right. So therefore, if you want to get air out of a glass, you got to fill it with something else. You cannot simply extract thoughts that displease God from your mind. You have displeasing thoughts in your mind. You simply just can't pull them out and extract them like that. There has to be a process. There has to be a way. OK, the same way that we we, we, we put the water into the glass to our um, to to uh, fill it, to fill it up, to take the air out. We have to put something else into our minds to get those thoughts out, those fleshly, worldly thoughts out of our minds, those negative thoughts. We need to be able to to change our entire mindset. OK, and, and change that mindset to the things that are oriented towards the spirit. OK, we need to think about godly things and spiritual things, not the worldly things. You got to replace those thoughts like replacing air with water. You got to replace those worldly, fleshly thoughts with godly and spiritual thoughts, things that God would be telling us to do. That includes things that are worldly behaviors like breaking man's law and those who are always looking to beat the system by lying, telling half truths or cheating just to achieve a desired goal or outcome. Okay. We got to even when it comes down, down to speeding for that, for that matter, you know, we're, we're breaking the law. We're breaking the law. Okay, so we don't want to be like the world does and they're just wholeheartedly, you know, they're just going willingly, just going breaking the law. You, you know, we don't steal. We don't go in banks and steal and things like that. And we don't take shortcuts in life just so that we can get ahead and cheat a little bit. You know, I had someone tell me one time, you know, who was uh, about to do something he shouldn't be doing, you know, and I reminded him of it. And this was a younger person. And he said, oh, well, well you know me, you know me, uh, Pastor Mike. I'm always looking for, I'm always looking for a way to beat the system. Okay. As Christians, we don't beat the system. We don't beat the system with man's. We have to obey man's law. That is, uh, that is, that is God's wish that we obey man's law. Okay. Until man's law is telling us to break, violate God's law, of course. Then you, let me qualify that because the way things are going in this day and age, there could very well any day now be some laws that are established that would tend to want Christians to do certain things or to not do certain things that God would want us to do or not want us to do. Amen. So we have to make sure we're always obeying God's law, but we don't, we don't look for shortcuts. We don't tell lies. We don't tell half truths. That's fleshly. That's worldly kind of thinking. All right. So we go now to Romans eight, verse number six. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnally minded, again, that's dealing with things of the flesh. Carnally minded, they dealing with things of the flesh. We don't want to be carnally, carnally minded because then that leads to death, all right? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So we're following after the Holy Spirit, following after God. That gives us life and gives us peace, amen? Because, verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be, all right? The carnal mind is enmity, it's against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So the law, the mind that is worldly, the mind, the world that is fleshly, okay, it is against God, and we can tell that by what people are talking about today. You know, all of this abortion and killing babies, that's against the will of God. Okay, and so that's being carnally minded, being fleshly minded, and that does not, it's like oil and water, you know, pertaining to the things of God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So, then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you're a carnally minded person, and if you're following after fleshly things and worldly things, then you simply cannot please God, because the things of the world are enmity against God. The things of the world are against God. Worldly thinking is against God. So if you're following behind that, then it's simply you cannot please God. Verse number nine says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. You're a born again believer. You're not in the flesh. You're not in a fleshly manner, of a pattern of thinking. You are in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Okay, so if the Spirit of God dwells in you, and it does, because if you're a born-again believer, the Word of God says that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You get, you have the Holy Spirit. So it says that if, if it is, then you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If many men have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Amen. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life, be, the spirit of life is, the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you, okay? You realize it was the Holy Spirit that resurrected Jesus, right? You understand that, okay? So what this is saying is that the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you. So you have that same Holy Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Now that took some awesome power to do that. That same awesome power dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Quicken means to make alive. Also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Amen. So the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. Do you realize the power and what this means? Do you realize the power that you have within you? So what this whole message is about is how do we take that power and how do we walk with that power and in that power on a day to day basis in our lives? OK, and keeping out worldly and fleshly thoughts, keeping out, putting aside that carnal mind that would rise up and want to overtake our thinking all of the time, every single waking moment of the day. Verse 12 says, therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Okay? We're not debtors to live after the flesh. Okay? For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Okay? Mortify means that you kill off 
the deeds. You kill off those 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 wantings, those those yearnings, those fleshly yearnings, those carnal yearnings that would try to come in your life. You kill those off. You kill those off. Mortify the deeds of the body. You shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is like an affectionate term, meaning daddy. Okay, It's almost like, like, a, like a daddy thing. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, that we are the children of God. The person who has been regenerated by the spirit is not stuck in sin. Okay. By the spirit, the pull of the flesh can be resisted to put to death the deeds of the body. Okay. The wantings, again, the yearnings of the body is pretty much the same thing as saying no to sin. Okay. That's what the, this is what the, this is boiling down to. It's us saying no to sin. Okay, fleshly sins that rise are being, you know, wanting to cheat, wanting to lie about something, uh, wanting to, 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 to not work, <laughs> you, you know, wanting to do things that the word of God says not to do. Okay, the, the, those are the deeds of the flesh. We need to do away with that. The pull of the flesh can be resisted. To put to death the deeds of the body is pretty much the same thing as simply saying no to sin. However, unlike the anti-drug campaign of years ago, remember the youth campaign against drugs where it just said, simply say no. Remember, do you remember that? We were telling the youth, you know, say no. If someone's offering you a joint or some other drug, you say, you say no, simply say no. Well, what we're talking about here is more than saying no. Just saying no will never allow you to consistently overcome sin. Then what must you do? What must you do? You must say no by the Spirit. You must say no by the Holy Spirit. You see, us saying no um, uh, uh, with, with, our, with our, our minds, our earthly minds, our intellect, it simply isn't, it isn't strong enough. It's not forceful enough. You know, I've you heard me talk about before, you know, New Year's resolutions when how many people, myself included, made resolutions to stop smoking. You know, and then come New Year's, you know, January 2nd, there I was smoking again because I was, I was saying, saying no to the, to the, to the tobacco with myself. I was saying no to the tobacco, no to the cigarette, no to the pipe with my, with my own will, with my own strength. It wasn't until I said, no, Lord God, please help me. Help me, Lord. I give this over to you. Holy Spirit, please help me to not want this tobacco. That's when I stopped wanting that tobacco and was able to quit, thank God, with no withdrawal you know, symptoms or anything else like that. I mean, it, 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 the taste of tobacco in my pipe just simply disgusted me. It was simple as that. Actually, through Maybe, maybe not, I almost threw up when I tried to smoke that pipe. But what I'm saying to you is that just saying no of yourself is not enough. You need to say no with Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit power to give you, to give you the guidance and the will to overcome whatever that thing is. You see, you see, we need to get away from worldly and fleshly thinking, and we can't do that just of our own. We need to have Holy Spirit, which brings us to the whole purpose of this message here about walking in the Spirit. We have no's that come across in our lives on a daily basis, almost an hourly basis. You know, if you're working in the world, I mean, especially that pops up almost every hour. There's something coming up there that is a challenge to you. That's a challenge. 
Even if you're not working, it could be in the family, it could be in the store, it could be things that are happening with your finances, whatever it is. You need to say no to that spirit of fear, no to that spirit of worry. I will not entertain those thoughts of my failure. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit is in me. Heavenly Father, guide my thoughts and my actions. And therefore, you are not saying no in your own strength. You're saying no in the strength of God. There's a big difference, the big difference. This is getting into walking in the spirit where your day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute existence is in the spirit. And what would the spirit of God have me do? What is it that Holy Spirit? How would Holy Spirit have me to address the situation? How would Holy Spirit have me to pray for this individual? How would Holy Spirit have me to pray for the situation that I'm in? How would Holy Spirit have me solve this problem that just came across across my desk from my boss? How would Holy Spirit have me to, 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 to deal with shoveling the ice in the snow? We have ice and snow here that came over the last three or four days, and it just kind of seems to be lingering. It seems to be lingering. And so I'm praying, Lord, you want me to go out? How do I get, get my driveway clean and so on like that? And then one was, you say, well, Pastor, I might simply shovel it out. Well, I live on a steep hill, and there's a little more, more to, it than, to it than that. But anyway, I, I want, what I'm just saying to you is that every single aspect of my life, I consult Holy Spirit. I give it to God. God, help me to do this. Help me to do this. Help me to do this. Amen. Okay. Two days happens to be the garbage pickup day. And again, I say, I live on a very steep hill. And I actually prayed to the Lord this morning. I say, Lord, today is when I have to put the garbage out. Please help me to get that can down the, uh, down the driveway, through the ice and the snow, you know, without falling and so on like that. What I'm saying to you is that walking in the spirit is that on a moment by moment day, uh, moment by moment basis, you bring the things of life to God and you ask his involvement and let Holy Spirit give you the wisdom on how to get through those things. That's what I'm saying to you. This is walking in the spirit. OK, he always, he, you know, he, God has a way. He has a way of, uh, uh, of just being involved in, in our lives. Sometimes Holy Spirit leads us in a broad manner and then sometimes he leads us more specifically. He always leads us through his written word, however, which was revealed to us, to the prophets by the Holy Spirit. The words that we are reading were revealed to men uh, by Holy Spirit. Again, sometimes he'll, he'll guide us and lead us in a, in, a, in a more of a broad fashion, but then at other times he'll do it more specifically. Let's go to 2 Peter 1, 20. 2 Peter Two Peter one, verse twenty. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Okay, so I'm just giving you those scriptures there, highlighting and keeping for future reference there, so that you know that the words that we are reading here in Scripture isn't something that some men dreamed up. These words were inspired by Holy Spirit to these men, these men to write these words down. Okay, so that we realize that we're, we are reading the Word of God here on that paper Bible or that electronic Bible you're looking at. The words that you are reading were inspired, were given to that to that person that's doing the writing. Okay, in those scriptures was given by the Holy Spirit, which is God Himself. Amen. He always leads us through His written Word, which was revealed to the prophets by Holy Spirit. Okay. So therefore, when we're praying about something, we're trying to figure out how to conduct ourselves in a particular situation or an action, and Holy Spirit refers us to the Bible, this is him speaking to us through the written word. That's why it's so important to read your Bible and to know and to know scriptures. 
We are to prayerfully, carefully, and humbly apply broad biblical wisdom to the situations that we face in our face in our lives. Sometimes Holy Spirit leads us more directly. Holy Spirit can choose to act in any way and according to any timetable that he wishes. We do not dictate to him or how or when he will move. Right? Holy Spirit acts on his own time, in his own time frame, in his own direction. We do not dictate. We don't say, Holy Spirit, I need some direction. Give it to me in the next 10 minutes. We don't say that. Not at all. Not at all. We we lift our prayer, we elevate our prayer, we consult God we, in the name of Jesus, and Holy Spirit will guide us, will guide us in his time frame. That's, what we have, that's why we have to, to learn to sit back and stop trying so hard to do it ourselves. Okay, that also is, is, is fleshly. When you're sitting back and you're trying to do it yourself, okay? Because you, self, cannot simply get you out of the mess that you're in, if you're in a mess. Self cannot get you out of things coming down to the future because you don't even know the future. Tomorrow is not promised you. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So you can't do this in the self. This is, this is fleshly living. This is carnal living when you think that it's all on you to, 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 to navigate your life. You got to get God involved. You got to get Holy Spirit in God. Have Jesus in your life. Have Holy Spirit there to guide you on a moment-by-moment -moment basis. We cannot push and rush the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Bible gives many examples of God acting more specifically we should anticipate that he will sometimes choose to lead us directly if we are open and available to his guidance. So in other words, Holy Spirit can give you some guidance. It can be very direct or it could be very, very broad. Holy Spirit can say, say like, I'm going to bring you, um, I'm going to bring you from, uh, from, a, from point A to, to Z. He won't say how you're going to get from A to B or B to C or C to D. He won't say that. He may, however, come and say, more specifically, I'm going to get you to A, get you uh, from A to Z, but first I want you to go A to B, and this is how I'm going to get you from A to B, and he'll be more specific. But either way, you have to sit back and just rest in him, knowing that he's God. Holy Spirit is one of the Godhead. He's one of the Trinity. You have to realize that he is indeed God. And if Holy Spirit is guiding you to do something, that he'll do it in his time frame and in his step pattern. Okay? In his step pattern. This is walking in the Spirit. This is walking in the spirit. Okay. Again, it's not in some fog. You're not, you're, not, you're not like you're in twilight zone someplace. It's not in some fog. You'll be very, very aware of what's going. Matter of fact, you'll become more aware of your surroundings and are more aware of your life than you ever have before once you start giving it to God, once you start letting Holy Spirit guide you. Because then you'll start seeing how the pieces fit together. Okay. Now, sometimes Holy Spirit will have you do something and as long as you carry out what he's saying to do, you'll see the results, the awesome results at the end. You'll say, oh, wow, this really worked out wonderfully. I'm so glad I gave it to you, Lord. It worked out great. Then sometimes, sometimes, I say sometimes, it's not all the time, but sometimes God will choose to show you why he had you do the things that you did and show you what happened every single step of the way. He'll show you how you, you, you wound up getting this position but what needed to happen first was that the person that was already in that position or the, the type of job that it was, the duties of that position, the pay of that position was not where God wanted you to be. He wanted you to achieve more. Sometimes God will come back and show you retroactively, so to speak, what he did in your life to bring you to that wonderful, glorious point, to bring you into that promised land that I always talk about sometimes. Okay. But it's not God doesn't owe you that. You simply walk in the spirit and let the spirit, spirit guide you 
from step A to B to C to D all the way along until you get to Z or wherever step it is that God wants to bring you to. Just give it to him. It's not in yourself. That's walking in the flesh. That's carnally minded. That's worldly minded. When you want to, to, to govern your, your life by yourself. We as Christians can't do that. You go to, uh, you continue. Uh, let's see. I want to go to Romans 8.15 here. Back to Romans 8.15. We're going to be in Romans for the most part, so you may just want to put a bookmark there. <clears throat> uh, for you have not received the, uh, the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children, then that means that we're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Okay. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Okay. We have the spirit of adoption there. So we don't have to be letting fear. We rebuke that, rebuke that old spirit of fear when he rises up. You've heard me say that a dozen times in the name of Jesus. I rebuke your spirit of fear because my Lord has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I've been set free from that. You've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, when you became a born again believer, you are, are adopted into the, into God's family. You are adopted into the body of Christ. You are a son or a daughter of God. You've been adopted in, okay? Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You believe that you are indeed a child of God. This is another basic truth. The Word of God says so. I asked you in the outset here, do you believe that the Word of God is true? So if you believe that the Word of God is true, then you have to believe that he says there that you are a child of God. And if you're a child of God, then you're an heir. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Jesus, then we may also be glorified with Jesus. Okay. You saint, whether you believe it or understand it fully, listen to what God is saying and realize who you are. Realize who you are. You are a child of the living God, the creator of all that is. Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. God gave you his Holy Spirit. Realize the awesome position that you are in and stop groveling in life. Stop worrying. Stop going through with so much fear in your life. Realize who you are. Stop worrying about your finance. Stop worrying about your health. Stop worrying about that wayward family member, that wayward son or daughter who's acting up so much. You know, stop worrying about it. Channel that into where God would have you to channel and God will show you, Holy Spirit will show you how to pray for them, for the situation. And then you rest knowing that God, your father, isn't very much in charge. He loves you. He doesn't want to see you. He doesn't want to see you, you, you struggling the way you're struggling. Not at all. This is a new season. Look forward to what God is going to do for you. Look forward to what God is going to do for you by even channeling you or bringing you to this message today. It's his will that you be set free, set free from whatever you're struggling with. And whatever you may come to struggle with, come next week, come tomorrow, come later on today. You never know. But whenever troubles come your way, God has given you the solution. And if we're walking in the spirit, it'll be a whole lot easier for you to get through it. A lot. than you trying to figure out how to do it yourself. Without Holy Spirit, we would never know our freedom and identity of God's adoptive children. Thankfully, however, God has freely given us his Holy Spirit. And these verses from Romans 8 display three amazing things about the spirit of God. 
and then about what the spirit does. One is that he acts as the go-between who takes us out of, out of a place of slavery and fear and brings us into a place of adoption and acceptance with God the Father. Two, he helps us to cry out to, to God as Father. He helps us to cry out to God, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, and go on with your prayer, going on with whatever it is, your petition. And number three is that he testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Okay. Now, if we go down to Romans uh, 8.22, we'll jump down to Romans 8.22 here, and it says, For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? For if we hope for what we see not, then do we, then do we with patience wait for it. Okay? I love that verse. I love those verses. Let me read that again. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. If you can see something, there's not really hope. If you need five dollars, you look in your hand. You got a five dollar bill in your hand. Why are you hoping that you got five dollars? Oh, gee, I hope I have five. I hope I have five dollars. You got five dollars in your hand. Why? Because you can see it. So therefore, that's not hope. Okay, hope. We are saved. Hope. hope that is seen is not is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he hope for it? Okay, but if we hope for what we cannot see, then we do wait with patience for it. Okay, so if you're hoping for something you cannot see then you patiently wait for it. In other words, real hope is when you're asking God for something and you know that God is going to, to give that to you. You know that God is going to bring you through. You don't see evidence of it. You can't see, touch, feel it, taste it. You don't see evidence for it, but you just hope for it and you have faith for it. And so therefore you just patiently wait for it. Okay? You just patiently wait for it. See? The biblical concept presented by the English word hope here is so strong that it is almost a synonym for eager expectation. You have eager expectation. You know, you know when, you, when you say, I hope for that job with God, you're not hoping for that job. There's an eager anticipation that you're going to get that job. Okay. And again, hope for something that you have in hand. That's not really hope. You hope for things that you already have. Hoping and with eager, eager expectation is when you expect and you hope and you patiently wait for God manifesting in your life that which you are praying for. We hope for things, for the things that are not seen with an expectation that they will indeed come to pass. What is the role of the Holy Spirit in all of this? Romans 23 says, 8.23 says, We ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption, the redemption of our body. Paul is saying that because, because, uh, because we have the Spirit, but not even though we have the Spirit, that we do sometimes groan. And in this passage, it is precisely the presence of the Spirit with you that causes you to feel this particular kind of groaning, the longing for final redemption in the midst of a fallen world. You know? 
How many times do you say it like, oh, Jesus, look what's going on around us. Look at the laws that are being passed. Look at those people who are sinning and breaking the law and they're getting away scot-free. That, that really drives me up the wall and I have to give it to the Lord all of the time. We see people breaking God's law. We see people breaking man's law, as a matter of fact. But yet still some people seem to get away scot-free and you kind of groan in that. You kind of groan in it. Okay. And, 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 and it's, it's like, Lord, when are you going to just take us out of this mess? You know, you know, we're kind of looking for that final day of redemption. And it'll come. It'll come. Okay. But, 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 we, but we feel that, you know, the, the interesting thing is that if you didn't know when something was wrong, or if you didn't know when things were against the word of God, it wouldn't be bothering you. You wouldn't be groaning. Okay. See, if you didn't know that someone was saying something that was totally off the wall, if you didn't know by someone having a rally and there's thousands of people there and they're all saying that there's more than two sexes, there's a multitude of sexes and you can change from male to female and female to male. If you didn't know that to be wrong, okay, then you wouldn't find anything wrong with that and you wouldn't be groaning. But the fact that you do know because you know what God has told you, because the fact that you do know, it bothers you. You know, that ain't so. That ain't so, you see. So Holy Spirit reveals things to us sometimes. There's a groaning sometimes that we say, oh, Lord, when did you just, you know, just take us, just take us out of this mess, you know? So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows us things and reveals things to us, you know? Those that have no relationship with Holy Spirit, they do not see that anything is wrong with this world, and they are content to leave it as it is. Matter of fact, they work hard at making sure that it stays the way it is. The presence of Holy Spirit in our lives reminds us of the stark contrast between the wonderful things that God has prepared for us who believe and this fallen world that is so full of sin, suffering, and futility. Okay. People are doing things here. And, and, you know, I mean, this whole, this whole climate change thing, you know, it's a practice in futility. And again, I, you know, you've heard me say before, I'm not siding on whether the earth is warming or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All I'm just saying to you is the part of their agenda that I vehemently, that, that I vociferously, that I, I, I fully protest and disagree with, is when they think that this earth is going to be destroyed in 12 years if man doesn't do something. Remember someone said that? 12 years, you know? If you, and if, and if, you, if you look back in, in history there, well, not, not too in modern history, you'll see that people have prophesied that over the years. I think back in the 60s, there was some politician who was saying that we weren't going to make it till the 70s or something. And then the date moved, then the date moved, then the date moved. And then sometime, you know, in the last couple of three years, there was some politician that said 12, 12 years, 12 years. And they were adamant. They were like they had a crystal ball. They were adamant that this is what was going to happen. There's nothing that man can do that can control or change the outcome of this planet Earth. This is strictly God, strictly God. So whether the, the climate is changing or not, whether it's warming up, whether it's getting colder, whether huge glacial icebergs are going to drift down from the north or whatever, whatever, God is in charge. And if we are his children, what I'm saying, I'm speaking to us Christians here now, those that are non-believers, they can get caught up in this climate change nonsense. But what I'm saying is that you as a child of God, you should not allow yourself to get caught up in that discussion because God is in charge. Okay. There's nothing that man can do that can change the future of this planet. This is only God. Now, should we be good stewards? Yeah, we should. If we have ways of scientifically cutting back on emissions or doing this or doing that, I mean, yes, God wants us to be good stewards of the planet. But what I'm saying to you is that people are getting upset and getting violent over the fact of whether or not you believe or don't believe in climate change. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. God is in charge of this planet. Okay. But again, this is again, it, 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 it's not walking in the spirit. 
This is walking by the flesh. Okay. If you're walking in the spirit and you hear that discussion going on, Holy Spirit will quietly give you peace and calm and say, don't worry about that. God, the father is in charge. And if you're walking in the spirit and you get caught up in one of those discussions, you will not get you'll not get upset. You will not break not one beat of sweat. I mean, it, you'll just you'll just chill. And, and God made it to you get away from that crowd <laughs> or something. You don't need to be involved in that meeting or whatever. You know but what I'm just saying to you is that this is all along with walking in the spirit. OK, those that don't walk in the spirit, they, they you, you know, they they don't have anything wrong. They see nothing wrong with what's going on in the world, even even down to the sinful things that's happening. There's nothing wrong with that. OK, if we go to Romans eight twenty six, eight twenty six, continuing says, likewise, let me, let me go back to 24 and work right, work right through. For we are, sa- we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knowing, uh, knows the minds of the Spirit, knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Then we're called according to his purpose. Okay. Those two verses, you know, 26 and 27, they they are so rich and, and helpful in our lives in walking in the spirit. We learn that we are weak when we come to prayer. We often don't know what to pray for in any given situation. The concern is not about the manner of prayer, the how, but rather the content of our prayers. What do we actually pray for? What do we actually pray for? All right. We learn that the spirit joins to help us when we when, when, when we struggle to know how to pray by interceding for us with wordless groanings. The spirit is searching our hearts and knows knows that we have a mindset that is focused on him, even if we do not know exactly what we are supposed to pray. So in other words, when you're praying in the spirit, you're down there, you know, you know, as a kid, you may start on now, lay me down, sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep it, so on and so on. Okay. Get a little older, maybe you start praying the Lord's prayer. Okay. But praying in the spirit is where you are allowing Holy Spirit to direct your prayer. And you're praying in the spirit and you're communing, you're communing with God. You know, whereas, you know, maybe you have a list of people to pray for, you'll find all of a sudden Holy Spirit will place on your spirit, on your mind, if you will someone specifically, and have you start praying for that person, down to a lot of detail sometimes. You'll really be surprised how Holy Spirit can work that way. All of a sudden, you find yourself praying for Cousin Zeb, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, his, uh, his, his cancer or whatever, and you may not even realize in your mind that he has a cancer, but you'll find yourself praying for that. This is the Holy Spirit directing you how to pray, directing you how to pray. And it's such a relief because now you don't have to get down and read and try to memorize a list of people and thinking about the, 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 um, the how you pray, but more the content of your prayer. And that's what's important. What is the content of your prayer? Okay. And so what happens as a result of it is that our prayers are prayed according to the will of God because the Holy Spirit is moving in us to pray and is presenting the prayers that he is guiding us to pray to the Father. Okay. Right. And don't forget, the Holy Spirit is in communication with the Father, so you wind up praying almost, the, the, you pray that you pray the perfect prayer, because the Holy Spirit is guiding your prayer. You have to sit back and think about the content. 
Holy Spirit will give you the content. You just connect with the Spirit. You go into your into your prayer closet and you start praying, and this Lord just talk to me, speak to me, and 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 you and, and and just let it flow. I don't know how else to put it, but just let it flow. Lord, speak to me, speak to me. And then all of a sudden you say, you know, I, I lift up mom, I lift up dad, I lift up so-and-so, I lift up my boss, I lift up the president of this country, I lift up, I lift up, I lift up in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and you will start praying, and it'll be such a flowing thing that the time will fly by before you even realize that so much time has passed. This is praying in the Spirit. This is all walking in the Spirit where you are living and walking and existing in, 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 in the spiritual realm with God. Again, you're not walking around in the fog. You're very conscious of what's going on around you. It's just that you know, what is important to you, you know, has, has been, uh, what used to be important to you is replaced by what needs to be important, and that's the things of God. Okay? It's entering your mind, you know, like pouring that water into that empty, empty glass full of air. Okay? It's filling your mind with the Spirit of God. All things work together for good for those that love him. So the question is, is how much do you love God? How much do you love God? How much do you believe that God is really indeed who he says he is? How much do you believe that you have Holy Spirit there for you? How much do you believe that, that, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And everything you read in this book here that you've just read in this book called the Bible here, be it on paper or be it electronically, it is indeed the word, the word of God as it's inspired in this particular case to, to Paul by Holy Spirit. How much do you believe? You know? And furthermore, you know, I close here by saying, don't just listen to my words. The words, the words that I'm speaking to you were from the word of God. You read it for yourself. That's why I always ask people to, to go get their Bibles when they join us and a pencil, a pen, a marker, a piece of paper, make some notes. Because I want you to understand it deep in your spirit, deep in your heart, that these are the words of God. It's not just Pastor Mike speaking. You've read this for yourself. It's the word of God, and it's for you today. And again, I say, if you tuned into this message, it, 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 it most likely is not by chance. There's a reason that you've got, you were guided to this particular message. Amen? Amen? So, so walk in the Spirit. Avail yourself of all that God has made available to you. Understand who you are in Him. Understand who you are in Him and how much He loves you, how much He cares, how much He wants you to succeed. He doesn't want you struggling. He doesn't want you groveling to other people. Stand up and be tall and be strong. Let your chest stick out in Holy Spirit pride. Not, not demonic pride. I'm not talking about that kind of pride that the devil was into that, that gets you into trouble. No, no, because God talks about humility. But stand strong and feel good about who you are in Christ Jesus, without which whom you are nothing, but nothing without the Lord, nothing at all. Amen? So walk in the Spirit. Read more. Do some more research on the subject matter, and you can see how much you can benefit by Holy Spirit. He's there. He wants to help you. He wants to help you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And um, if it was, please pass on the uh, web link to where we can be found. We're at www.genesis1.sermon.net. 
www.genesis1.sermon.net. You look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available. Uh, we're on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. And of course, we have free apps for Apple and Android devices. Everything is free of charge. We don't ask for a penny. We ask for a penny at all. Okay, God blesses us, God blesses you, then we get blessed and everyone gets blessed. And that's all that matters, as long as we are doing what God wants us to do. Okay, so go to, those, go to that site and, and, uh, and download our apps. You can download the uh, uh, video portion or the uh, audio-only portion. Again, all free of charge, no cost. Uh, you can share the link wherever you want to share it and let, let others know. God does not want anyone to perish. Okay, so let others know about the Word of God. Amen. And also, if you're around in the Salem area, Salem, Oregon here, uh, come out and visit us. Come to live worship service. We, uh, we have live worship service on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m., and we are at 2651 Commercial Street Southeast in Salem, Oregon. That's in the Candelaria Terrace area of Salem, Oregon. Come on by and join us. Fellowship with us. Pray, pray with us. We'll pray with you. Pray for you. And let the Holy Spirit move in, in your life. Um, amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Again, I hope this message was a blessing. You know, keep on coming back, you know, and, 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 and spread, spread the good news. Let, let, let others know what, what you've learned. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And now we pray that over the next few days or week or hours until we get together again next time, oh Lord God, we pray that we remember these words, oh Lord. Help us to always strive to walk in your spirit, oh Lord God. We know that Holy Spirit is here to guide us. Oh Lord, we, we want to get away from walking in the flesh and walking in worldly ways. We want to get worldly thoughts and discussions out of our mind and, and to get deep, deep, deeply in line with your Holy Spirit, oh Lord God. We praise you, Heavenly Father. We magnify thy most glorious name in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is. Amen.